This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. ACAST Plus makes it easy to turn loyal listeners into paying fans. Whether you're just getting started or a seasoned podcaster, subscriptions and one-time payments can make a real difference in your income and listener engagement. With customizable subscription plans, you can include ad-free streams, early access, and bonus content. And with one-time payments, you can offer limited series or one-off episodes, all available across multiple podcast apps. You decide the best options for your listeners. To find out more, visit acast.com backslash ACAST+. Welcome one, welcome all to the Simple Politics Podcast. I am Kobe, your political beginner and your host. And today I'm joined, as always, by a political leviathans in Diane and Tatton. How are you guys doing? What's a what? leviathan? I don't know, it sounds what, impressive, what is that? isn't it? I don't know. There's a film called Leviathan. It's a big sea monster from the depths, is it not? Sounds perfect. Just to be, just to be clear, Kobe, you think we're big sea monsters from the depths. We're political big sea monsters from the depths. That's right. That's what you're saying. Uh, if, it, I, if I said it, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Political Godzillas. Yes. Well, let's go. Let's go down the kaiju route. I'll, I'll spin into lots of different fictional monsters. <laughs> Political Medusas next week. Uh, sorry. Yes. How are you doing? Yeah. Well, it's Friday, and um, yeah, we've made it to the end of the week, and that's pretty much the best that can be said for this week. What a week it has been. Yeah. Um, but we're here, still standing. Yeah. What about yourself, Tatton? Well, I mean, we, we're quite. We're quite good at still standing, really. I mean, the stuff we've been through. Like you just you look back and go, "What? what this is?" Because we've got this new book. We talked about it last week. This new book, looking back at like two years of COVID, mm. um, and and now and now two years this. indoors, it's, two it's years the, indoors, exactly. Yeah. on brand there, Kobe. Excellent work. Yeah, like we do. It's what we do, and it's what we do as a team, and it's what we do as a country, mm-hmm. and it's what we do as a, as a world. Like. Look at the people of Ukraine. We've literally, just before we started recording, said we're going to try and be light and not talk about Ukraine too much. But look at the people of Ukraine. Look at their mm. strength. Look at the the having to make that decision of do they go, do they leave, do they stay and fight? These courageous, strong people, and they're just getting through and doing what they need to do, and it's amazing and it inspires me. And um, just you know the human condition the victory of the human condition every time when yep. stuff comes up we get through it i mean you guys like I say you guys have been through the mill a bit since simple politics has started um this is every new large event like this is is a game changer um so i'm i, I guess i applaud you guys for for keeping on top of it and keeping calm stay calm i, I hate i hated those uh posters that you know those stay calm posters as, as they happen, but I think it's still, um, it does ring true. And I think it's, as you said, a human condition shining through here. Um, me on a personal note, I had a few people comment to me about um, the guy I was working with from the Ukraine. I commented on last week. He's um, he, he sent a message back saying he's doing well. He's 
um, escaped. He's got his family into Poland and he's deciding himself what to do, whether to go back and, and fight. Um, and that is a, <laughs> my God, that's the kind of decision you you feel you shouldn't have to do in 2022. Yeah. Um, so currently he's safe and you know as, as he gives any updates i will i will let the, uh, you guys know i'm not going to give his name away at all in any way shape or form yeah yeah, yeah. but right. um i'll just thought i'd give you that update there should we head into the main part of the podcast guys yes okay first of all guys it's the popularity contest and uh, this part of the week we look at the most popular posts in reverse order and yeah ukraine's going to be in there somewhere isn't it tatan do you want to lead us out with that yeah, I mean, the Ukraine is in there, but you are going to be amazed at what was number one. Uh, before we get to that, number three was uh, nightly news. So every day we round up everything that's been going on that we haven't specifically posted about so far that day. And one had the request of the of the Ukraine to join the EU as a top mm. story, and it, it, it did very well. It's a very interesting thing. I don't think they can join. The, the mechanism will allow them to join the EU as quickly as they might like to, but it's this um, it's the symbolism of joining with the rest of Europe yeah. and also asking the rest of Europe to come and join with them and say, we are part of you, rather than giving some aid, but generally allowing Putin to in. Um, well, for what I understand, there's a space available now, isn't there? There's a slot opened up as of the past couple of years. So, <laughs> so maybe you can just slot into that. Ah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure the EU works like a nightclub <laughs> in Chelmsford. Like, um, not like that, not like a nursery. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I mean, we had on that also Priti Patel announcing that we Ukrainians will be able to come to UK, where previously we'd talked about not letting any refugees or few refugees into there. So that did that contribute to the to the response to this um to this post? Yeah, I mean listen, Diane's nightly news is are put together incredibly well and um and people respond to each and every bullet. Like it's, mm. it, it's really, people really read and engage with, 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 with that stuff. Well, let's head to the second most popular post this week, Diane. Okay, so this was a quote post in at number two. We very often, if we find a really powerful standalone quote, would, you know, pop those up to see what people think of them, you know, just standalone. So no commentary with it to, you know, for people to form their own judgments. And this was um, Joe Biden because he gave a massive State of the Union address this week, which wasn't solely about Ukraine. He talked about a lot of domestic issues as well, um, but he did obviously cover um, Ukraine. And um, he talked, basically, it's a, a quote all about as we've just described, the strength of the Ukrainian people. And that's what resonated mm. with our readers. It's not the fact that Joe Biden, you know, said this, because quite a few of them in the comments have been, um, you know, slightly scathing about his presidency so far. But it's it was the sentiment of what he said that that really resonated with people. Um, just about how um, Putin really miscalculated what he was doing with this invasion and how he never expected to encounter, as, as Biden described it, the wall of strength which is you know the people of ukraine so that was our number two two spots there for ukraine understandably so but what is what i don't understand is what is what the most popular post was it makes no sense to me it's come out from left field and this is typically what you have you have some serious posts you have some well thought out posts and then something comes out from left field uh, tatin what is the most popular post this week it was it was about botox licensing um the mm. government are going to you're going to have to apply for a license to uh, to do Botox, and um, and it's it's incredibly important. It is an important post because um, a lot of 
people, and I mean, there's certainly lots of groups in, 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 uh, around who, where you feel you need to have Botox to go for a night out or whatever. Like Botox becomes a huge industry, and so far, the the level of qualification you've needed to inject stuff into someone's face is very low, and they're going to license it and make it harder to to, to do Botox in your salon or whatever it is. Mm. The reason is number one is because we're very lucky to have lots of um, personal trainer followers. We're very lucky to have lots of people in the beauty industry. We've got we, we, we've got quite a quite specific following uh, um, in in that community, and to them, this is everything, right? Mm. This is this is what a lot of people have been campaigning for. A lot of people really wanted it. I didn't see many negative comments, and it's. It's there because it's an important story, but it's there because our following, our followers specifically have an interest in Botox. And presumably, it's not going to stop anyone from doing it. Just you do, you go through the course, make sure you know how to do it safely, apply some like, oh shit, I didn't need, sorry, I'm not going to swear, uh, apply some new learnings to and say, oh, actually, I didn't know this was the best way to inject stuff into people's face. And now I know. So therefore, I'm going to apply that knowledge and yeah. and there you go and that's that's what training is all about really isn't it yeah i just think if you're injecting stuff into people's faces it's not too much to then ask to be able to have have a license for that no like, i think that's completely fair <laughs> um I'm, I'm interested i'm interested in the fact that you said there's very few negative responses there um it kind of boys my boys my resolve with the simple politics uh, readers and listeners should we head to the Wednesday debate? Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> okay, every week on Thursday, you guys set the readers a debate topic. This week it was, what is your favourite book and why? And there's a clear reason to me why you guys set this this topic, but tell us why it was set, uh, Tatton. Uh, it was World Book Day. Yeah. And um, books are brilliant. I love books. I love words. Mm-hmm. I, love, I, I, I mean, books are race. Um, and we need it. It kind of works well because this week we didn't want to be debating Putin particularly. We, yeah. um, it just, it just worked really nicely to have this idea. And if I'm really honest with you, I don't always read every single comment in the debate because often there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds. And, um, and I just kind of pick up the first few that have got the most likes or whatever. But the pleasure I got reading through people's favourite books yeah. yesterday and the reasons for them was so immense. I mean, we're going to talk about four or five now, I think. But if you're listening, go and look at the post, the actual debate posts, and read all of these recommendations. I'm sure you would have read some and some have been on your I wanted to read that list. Mm-hmm. It made me want to go back and read hundreds of other books. Um, but before I hand over to Diane, I do have a complaint okay not one (laughs) not one of the hundreds said the breakdown by tatton spiller oh not not a single this is my page people you are in my community now if someone someone asked you what their favorite book is and they've written a book then you should be polite at least be polite unbelievable so you will you will take a bit of um, simple politics brown nosing is what you're saying. Yeah, I will take. I demand <laughs> some SP brown nosing. Thank you very much. Before we go into the comments, though, I I we have to ask the question: What are your favourite books? Oh, 
I knew this would come at some point. It's really difficult, this. I think I'm going to give you an old one and a new one. So sure. if, if you ask me about, because a lot of people have done this, picked a kind of favourite from childhood, favourite from adulthood. Yeah. So favourite from childhood, which, even which though Which is a cop-out, which is a cop-out every time they do it. It's it, a total <laughs> cop-out. Lots of people did it. it. You're so about not. to do it. It's a cop-out. Carry it's, on. It's a very valid way of responding to the question. (laughs) So from childhood, even though it's got the saddest ending in the world, The Happy Prince by Oscar Wilde, it's just you'll weep for hours after reading it. Super sad, really Mm -hmm. sad, but very, very good. And then in recent years, I love a bit of Kate Atkinson and I love the book Life After Life because it's all about reincarnation and if it were possible and if you could go back and change certain things and it's very interesting. Tassin. I'm going to give you one book because the question was, what's your favourite book? Not like, <laughs> give me, list some, some books from your life. And um, My favourite book is a book called A Fine Balance by a guy called Rohindan Mystery. Um, mm. it, it takes place over... 20, 30, 40 years in in India. The words he uses are just incredibly meaningful. And with them, he winds this tapestry. It's a fine balance between hope and despair. And we find out so much about the characters, but also life in India at that time. And also your own soul. Um, it's... It, it it made me it made me laugh out loud many times. It made me like really properly cry several times. It haunts me all the time. I love it. I absolutely love it. Splendid. It's it's. I love how books almost seep deeper into the into into the core of people and the soul of people than than even film and television. Um, so yeah, it's always good to hear people's people's favorite books. Um, I'm going to posit one. Yeah, Kobe. What about you? Uh, and that is that is High Fidelity by uh, Nick Hornby. Um, oh yes, hit me hit me at the at the right time. Like this guy who loves music and pop culture, who makes lists, who was um, obviously trying to weave his way romantically through life. And I've loved the film iteration of it, and I love the recent uh, TV iteration with um, Zoe Kravitz taking the lead as Rob over um, take, so a female protagonist instead of a male protagonist in the role. Where can we watch that? I didn't know that was that. It was uh, it's on, on a channel called Starplay or Stars Play. It's like a one is tributary yeah, yeah, channels yeah, yeah. from Amazon, so you can sign up to it for like a week and he watch the episode, watch the episodes. And unfortunately, it's only been it's been cancelled, so there's only one season of it available, which is for me an absolute travesty. And but this is a book that I've read most of my life, most of the times in my life, and so much to the extent that when I was travelling doing the gap year nonsense that people do after university, and I was in Argentina in a hostel, instead of going snowboarding in the in the in the andes there in, in argentina i saw someone left in the hostel a copy of high fidelity and i was like okay today i'm going to read this again for the umpteenth time instead of go snowboarding and i don't regret it um so that's <laughs> that's where my life is wow excellent Hello, I'm Sam Pay. And I'm Martin Zolt-Sorstwick. And we are the two hosts of a podcast called Song, Song by, by Song, Song, where we listen every week to a track by the musical artist Tom Waits. Uh, you might know him for his gravelly voice. <coughs> Very nice. His appearance in films, but also his multi-decade spanning career uh, involving blues, jazz, and all sorts of other kinds of experimental music. So we're basically like a book club for Tom Waits. And if that sounds like your cup of tea, you can find us at songbysongpodcast.com 
or wherever you get podcasts. Let's head to section three, bills, bills, bills. So, Tatton, what is going on next week in Parliament? So the Commons have got quite a quiet, quiet week. They've got something they've got to do every year called the estimates thing, and I, I don't worry about that. Um, the only bill in the Commons next week is the Economic Crime Bill, and they're rushing that through. And what it's going to do is going to create a register of who actually owns what, so that if someone from, let's say, for example, Russia is having sanctions against them or they're being they're being generally nefarious. We know what they own. Because mm. at the moment, it's really hard to tell with shell companies and whatever. Um, at the time of recording this on Friday, they're still making changes to this. And they will continue to make changes to it right up until the moment when it launches into the Commons at 3.30 on Monday afternoon. And then they're going to get through the whole bill in one day and not go off to the Lords, and so it can be law by the end of the month. But before we move on to other things, we need to talk about the Nationality and Borders Bill, which was in the Lords last week, and is going to be back in the Lords this week. And it's really interesting because the government are trying to make changes to the way we, we, uh, we treat refugees. Hey, listener, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? Whatever you love to talk about, we know there are listeners out there who will love to hear it. Start your podcast with Acast and join the world's best podcasters, including Mark Marin, Anna Ferris, and over 66,000 other creators. You can get started completely free at Acast.com. And, um, and some other bits. And the House of Lords are voting against them. And the government doesn't have a majority in the House of Lords, which means Boris Johnson can't just get what he wants in the House mm-hmm. of Lords. So he gets defeated quite frequently. And mm-hmm. uh, this week, the Lords defeated the government and they said, you cannot just take away someone's citizenship without telling them or without notice. And they also defeated the government when they said, you cannot criminalise people based on their method of arrival. Mm-hmm. So Pretty Patel wants it so that if you arrive in the UK legally, then you'll be treated better than if you arrive illegally. And that's really controversial because it's really hard for a refugee to get here legally. Like if you follow the legal route and you and you do whatever, the amount of paperwork and hoops you have to jump through, even if you jump through all of them, it might not be possible to get here. So the legal route's almost impossible. So the illegal route becomes the only possibility. And then you get here and you're not treated as well. So that's what the Lord said. And the Lords have taken that course out. We talked a bit about the Lords in the previous weeks where they are they're the, the parents, aren't they? <laughs> the wise parents to the to the petulant child, childlike uh, state of the commons, maybe. That's just my opinion. I'm not going to voice that on the rest of simple politics, guys. Uh, Diane, what were your what are your kind of thoughts on this on this bill? Yeah, it's really it, it, it's obviously um a really good, in my opinion, decision from the Lords. Um, Lord Dubbs is a real veteran campaigner. He was a child refugee himself, and he he often speaks up about um, issues of refugees and asylum seekers when bills come through the mm-hmm. Lords. And, you know, to the point of, you know, how people get to the UK, you know, he basically said that this bill sort of... Um, you know, adds to the lie that there is a way to get here legally because, you know, it is, as Tatton said, almost impossible 
Um, so yeah, I'm going to I'm going to interrupt here, Diane. It's a really important point. There's a really important point here about why it's there, why the government think because government aren't just being evil, right? The government are saying are trying to discourage people coming illegally because when people come illegally, they pay the people traffickers in France to come across in those boats and they die. Mm. And so it's saying, don't come here illegally. Don't put yourself in that harm. Or, you know, like it used to be dying in the back of lorries. Because the people who get people here illegally are scum. And they don't care. And they kill people. And if you come here illegally, you won't have as good a chance of refugee status is a way of saying, don't get on those boats. It's discouraging people from getting onto those boats. And that's the government's argument. I think it's really important to, to put that across because stopping people putting themselves in harm's way is a really important thing at the heart of this government's plan. And the Lords, the Lords disagree because of the reasons we've, we've given, but that doesn't mean that we can discount the work of the government. Yeah. I guess the counter, like you say, the counter argument is about if you don't want people to take certain routes and do things illegally, then where's the provision for safe routes for people to get to the UK? Mm. Anyway, let me tell you an interesting fact I read this week. Which is <laughs> Please do. <laughs> uh, which may or may not be interesting, more of a political stat, but um, it's just in terms of the amount of defeats that the Lords has imposed recently because it has been pretty significant um, and although we talked about you know the government not having a majority in the Lords still it's it's still quite significant in terms of if you look at the the long-term view so it was in the Guardian that um for the the Boris Johnson's first term he was defeated by the Lords on 114 occasions and it was the highest number since 1975 so wow quite a long way back to have the Lords being so active and so tenacious around stuff. And um, there are several reasons that people have explored as to why that's the case, but it's it seems to be because a lot of the bills coming through at the minute are so massive and these mega bills that um, they're um, really looking at the quality of what's coming out. But it's, I mean, it's largely because of the makeup of the House of Lords because 75 was the last time we had a Labour government um, and so that, well, if for a couple of years after 75, but 79, Thatcher became prime minister. And that was conservative government with a conservative majority in the Lords. So that's all, they're never going to get defeated that much. And then Tony Blair came in and changed everyone who was in the House of Lords. So it was a Labour majority. So they're never going to be defeated that much. So the makeup of the House of Lords has generally been with the government. And then we, because I mean, and then we had, um, then we had the coalition, mm -hmm. where between the coalition there might have been more of a, a majority, maybe not quite a majority, but but you get in there because you got two parties together, and then you had Theresa May, who also didn't have a majority, but because she was so hamstrung by Brexit, she didn't really progress many of her other bills. Yeah. Whereas now we've got an ideologically driven government who wants to make changes who don't have. The majority and the lords. So it, it, it would naturally be, I would expect, I'd have expected maybe 76, 77, 78, but it would naturally be more defeats than we've ever had in the lords since for, you know, 40 years. What, what will happen next over the next few weeks then with, with these bills? 
Uh, they go back to the Commons. So the Lords take the Lords are continuing to change the Nationality and Borders Bill. It's back in the Lords this week, and they will continue to make changes to it. The last big bill, the Police Bill, they changed fourteen times, fourteen government defeats. Because sometimes the government puts a change in when it's at the Lords, just an opportunity to make the change to it. But fourteen government defeats, and this will have have more government defeats, and then it'll go back to the House of Commons, and the House of Commons can choose whether they go. No, we will stick by this making it tougher for people who have arrived illegally or whether they'll go oh yeah the legal routes aren't really there okay yeah we'll leave it out right so the commons will vote on it and spoiler they're going to put it back in because Mm. Priti Patel will put it back in and the government will vote for it and then it goes back to the Lords again it's called ping pong it's battered between the two and it goes back to the House of Lords and their Lords say and we said we spoke a little bit about this last week but the Lords will then go, do we double down and take it out again? Or, and I think this is most likely, having asked the Commons to look again, it will then pass through the way Bruce Patel wants it to be. Uh, well, I guess we'll we'll comment on those um, those bills in the coming weeks um, via the Atsable Politics Instagram account. We can keep track of that, guys. Let's head on to section four, random choice. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. And this is where we can go anywhere. Diane, where do you want to go? Okay, so uh, I've posted on this already this week, but again, you know, it's one that's sort of been been lost in the mix of the week. So um, we thought it was probably good to look at some of the facts behind the MP's pay story that's been really hitting a lot of headlines this week. Sure. So just to, we'll talk about the key facts and then we can talk it through, but MP's basic salary is going to rise on the 1st of April by 2.7% and that will take it to just over £84,000 a year. But timing-wise, the start of April is also when the national insurance increase comes in for a lot of people. And, you know, we've got the background of cost of living crisis as well. So Mm. the the timing of this and this the story coming out about MP salaries increasing. There's been a lot of outrage and various levels on the internet about it. But what a lot of people don't know is that MPs haven't sat in a room and come up with this sum of money themselves. MPs pay is actually set by an independent body. And Tatton, you know a little bit more about that, don't you? I, I do. I was working in Parliament when uh, when IPSA was created. And it caused a lot of confusion. Basically, so IPSA stands for the Independent Parliamentary Standards Authority, and they came in to sort out MPs' pay and MPs' expenses uh, and all of that stuff. You may remember the MPs' expenses scandal. It wasn't it wasn't yeah. a brilliant time to be alive, but there we go. And the point is, MPs now, I mean, maybe in the past they would have done, but MPs now will never vote for a pay rise, ever, because they can't. Because everyone goes, oh, look at you voting for a pay rise. So they would never give themselves a pay rise. Slowly, inflation would eat away at it. And then they would all be on less than the minimum wage or whatever it might be. Oh, I mean, that would take a while. That We're not saying that would be immediate, but... If, if they, they didn't to, ask it, for it. 
yeah, they, they won't ask for their pay to be risen. So the IPSA was created and it's their job to award, I suppose, or decide what the pay rate should be. And it's all linked. It's, it's not like them sitting down and going, ooh, 7% today. Like it's all linked to strict guidelines. And the guidelines are in line with other public sector workers. So the idea is that MPs are public sector workers and you know, they're relatively well-paid public sector workers. They get paid less than some head teachers. They get mm-hmm. paid less than some GPs. They get, you know, like 84,000 mm, £84, pounds a year does sound like quite a lot of money, right? There's a lot of, like, it's a, it's, it's, it's a decent wage, but it's not as much as people who, public service workers who you come across all the time, right? It's not that much more. Um, or in fact, it's less than some. I've read somewhere that um, most MPs take a pay cut to become an MP. But yeah, I can imagine that's the case. But that's uh, I think part of it then is yeah, it's what? not often a career, is it for MPs? They maybe go back when they come back and they go into back into private service again, and then they they see a kind of a bump, or they are doing it for actually people are doing it for the greater good. Um, I, well, I think that I think that it, it, if you want skilled people, if you want people who are being paid a lot of money to do it, mm. and, and maybe you don't, maybe you want people who, not necessarily people who have been paid, but if it's too big a pay rise, if it was you know fifty grand or forty grand, then a lot of people with some experiences that really help you be an MP, like maybe a lawyer or maybe a head teacher or maybe a GP or whatever, would be taking a huge pay cut. So it, so it might damage the chance of getting people with that kind of experience in. And it wouldn't help people who don't have that kind of experience either. Because if you don't have that kind of experience, it's nice to get the extra anyway. Mm. And there's 650 of them. So it's not a massive public expense. But but they are getting a pay rise on the day when like things bills go up and they're already on a lot of money so you can see both sides and some mps are like yeah we it's ridiculous we get pay rights uh so the extra 2.7 percent is going to go straight to charity it's going to go straight to my constituent charity and my constituency some people have been putting all the pay rights as mps have had for the last 10 years into they're still they're still taking home in effect Mm. the salary the mps had 10 years ago and have just given all the extra away to charities in their constituency. And that's entirely up to them. Well, yeah, it's completely up to you to decide what to do with your money, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Zara Sultana is very vocal on, on this side of things. And she's one of the, she's one of the MPs that talks about giving it away. There's one MP, I can't remember the name, who's saying that their take home was like 35,000 K for the year and giving the rest of it away. Cause that's all they needed to survive on, which is very admirable. Um, yeah. And that's like I say, I mean, I could do that as anyone could do that with their jobs. I could say, I don't need this much to live, so I'm happy to give it away. And kudos to all those people, certainly. Yeah. But but anyone, yeah who, I, I, anyone who gives money to charity is effectively saying that. Absolutely. Should we head to the crystal ball? We don't actually need to think, really, to think what we're talking about next week, what will be happening next week. It's, uh, it's an inevitable one, isn't it, Diane? Yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously going to be the situation in Ukraine. And, you know, I'm not alone in this. I think many people are doing it. But every morning when I get up, um, just after six, the first thing I do is is check what the situation is from overnight. Literally the first thing mm. before I even get out of bed. Um, 
and that, you know, this is week one that we, that we've just had of you know the invasion, and it feels like this could go on and on for for quite some time. Yeah. Um. So, yes, we will we will see what the week brings next week. What are your thoughts there, Tatten? I can't quite cope with it all, if I'm really honest. Um, and my focus on this weekend and next week is finding things to be positive about. We've started uh, SP Creatures yes. again, so that if people want to look at cute pets, then as a way of kind of form of relief, then that's there. I really enjoy SP Animals. And we just get inundated with people's pets. People love <laughs> people love to send us pictures of their pets. It's great. Where should people send their pets to? The pictures of their pets, where should they send them to? Um, a lot, everyone's DMing me at the moment because I can't remember how we did it last year. And DMs are good, but the quality photo resolution is not as brilliant. But I will put it up there because Charlotte Charlotte's uh, not around at the moment and she's, she's our SP Animals. Because I just woke up on what, the 1st of March and just felt miserable and thought, oh, I'm going to do SP Animals again for March. And I didn't talk to anyone about it, so nothing was set up. And I'm generally quite useless when I do things on my own. So we're just kind of cobbling things together right now. But we will put on there how to send them in. But people do. People. So so if you enjoy SP Animals, you get to see the ones we've chosen. The ones we've, uh, 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 it's called SP Animals, but the handle's SP Creatures. It's not, You see, this is what happens when I try and do things on my own. Um, <laughs> it is, but it's... I get to see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of animals all the time. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Um, but this is it. I'm being positive. In my email, in my weekly email, which you can sign up to at spemail.co.uk, I said that with all of this, hope and love feel like acts of rebellion at the moment. So I'm going to hope and I'm going to love and I'm going to be positive and I'm going to be in solidarity with the people of Ukraine but also trying to make my way through this life in a way that's as full of joy mm. as is possible. There's one of my favourite posts in the past few days. Sorry, it wasn't, it wasn't simple. All of your simple politics posts are my favourite, but then this was, <laughs> you know, another favourite. Yeah, simple politics, brown nosing, hashtag. Um, there's one post, and I can't remember the exact points in it, but it's like six like post-it notes. It said, it's okay to feel anything at this time. One, one you know, feeling depressed for what's going on in the conflict in Ukraine and, you know, the next one being not understanding what's going to happen in refugees, but at the same time looking forward to the spring and, you know, the possibility of COVID going down. So all these can have all these things can happen at the same time. You know, Pancake Day, um, all these things can happen at the same time. And it's it's a really kind of confusing state of mind for people to kind of manifest and try and deal with. So I think things like SP animals or SP creatures. Um, one of the two. One of the two or, you know, either or both is something that, that you know kind of feeds into that look at the pets play with pets play out with your kids enjoy the weather's getting better pay attention to what's going on in ukraine pay attention to what's going on with refugees and try you know help help donate to charities do all these all these things at the same time is is important and makes life at the moment really really hard to unpick but i think that's where a lot of people are and i think you're not alone in in that on on that, Kobe, I, I think it'd be remiss to finish the podcast without talking about the DEC um, appeal for for, yeah. for for humanitarian relief for Ukraine. The um, the government are match funding donations to the DEC. There's lots of different charities to give to for the Ukraine, but the government are match funding. So if you give a tenner to the DEC, the government will give a tenner, and you get your gift aid as well. 
So your right. 10 pound donation that costs you 10 pounds is going to get 22 pounds 50 of stuff to help people in Ukraine. And so the DEC appeals open right now. I donated this morning. I will be donating later. And I'll, I'll put a link to that, guys, yeah, in, the, let's do that. in the show notes if you're not sure where to go uh, for this episode. I think that's, that's super important. And for yeah. some reason, there seems to be a lot of posts about fake charities around this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is a common thing with uh, with disaster funds, but yeah, the DEC obviously an amalgamation of a variety of different charities mm-hmm. would come yeah. together at time of times like this. So the you know, DEC are the gold it, standard. Yeah, absolutely. And they, and they and they move. So they only have one campaign at a time, and it was Afghanistan mm-hmm. until this week when they've moved yeah. to, the, to Ukraine. And then if a tsunami happened in a couple of months' time, and hope it didn't, but they would move to just that, right? Yeah. Like one at a time, all in. And yeah, this is the one. That's why the government are backing this one, to up to twenty million pounds. Uh, they're going to match. Okay, I'm going to share that across all my all my social media platforms. And like I said, this will be in the show notes for this episode as well, guys. If you if you have the means, we know there's cost of living crisis happening, and by all stretches of imaginations, first of April is going to hit a lot of people hard. If you have the means though, um, and want to donate to charity, then this is as as Tata says, a gold standard. You're going to double more than double your your donation by going through the DC routes. Anything else guys want to say before we leave for this week? Just peace and love, man. Yep, absolutely. And go starring it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you very much, guys. Catch you later. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye.